Hello, hello. You're listening to the Career Changemaker podcast. Having the courage to leave a career that you have worked hard to build and try something else can be tough. So in each episode, we dive into key career change strategies so that you have a clear understanding of what is required to transition into a new role or a new industry without feeling like you have to start at the bottom or have to take a massive pay cut because hashtag ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) If you are ready for frank and honest discussions about how to become a career change maker, keep listening. I'm your host, lawyer turned career strategist and executive coach Janine Esbrand. Hello, hello and welcome, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to be back. It's been a while since I've been behind the podcast mic. There's been a lot going on. Life has been lifing, work has been busy, parenting has been parenting and so I've been pulled in a lot of directions. I just took a little step back from the podcast but I'm back. I'm back and I'm excited for the episodes that are coming up for you. So in terms of work being busy, I have spent quite a lot of time over the last few months working with organisations in different places in the world. So we've been working with companies in London. I delivered a keynote in Poland. I travelled to Nigeria to deliver a two-day culture workshop and it has been incredible, also intense, but highly incredible. And the common thread that I have noticed amongst the clients that I've been working with in different places and in different industries is that there are companies who are really doubling down on their people. They're really doubling down on their investment in their people and recognizing the importance and the benefit of professional development for individuals within the organization and how that then impacts the business growth. So working with companies to help their people take ownership of their career development, be committed to moving forward, but then also understand how they play an integral part in the growth of the organization has been so, so awesome. So awesome. And it just made me think there are some companies that are doing things really, really well. And there are some companies that have a long way to go. And in today's episode, I want to dig into the topic of employee engagement and how that can really impact retention. And I've had the pleasure of speaking to a few employee engagement experts from different spaces, and they are going to be sharing their insights in today's episode. I really want to just highlight some of the best practices for organizations who are committed to keeping their people happy. So if you are an individual who's considering your next move, like take notes on the types of things that companies are doing to support their people. When you're in a role or an organization that isn't quite the right fit for you, it can be easy to just focus on what the reality is right in front of you and not know what you don't know, right? So not recognize that there are other companies that may be more aligned to your values and there might be other companies who do things and have practices that are attractive to you. And if you are someone who's listening and you work for an organization who has been talking about supporting their people more, but have been struggling to figure out the actual ways that you're going to do that, the practical initiatives that you can put in place, then lean in and take notes because hearing what other people are doing and what other companies are doing can spark some ideas for you that you can then implement. So this episode, the format's a little bit different. We're going to have some snippets from conversations that I've had with two different employee engagement experts. I'm going to ask them questions and then you're going to hear from Joe Coxhill and Glenn Grayson as they share their insights as people who are on the ground, doing the job, 
really thinking about initiatives that can boost engagement and that can lead to people feeling happier in the work environments that they're in. So I'm excited for you to hear their perspectives. So without further ado, let's jump right in. What are some of the key things in your mind that should be present when it comes to engaging and retaining staff? I would say the main thing I've picked up over the years is authenticity, a key word for me. And authenticity, doing things that are true to your business, doing things that are true to your brand. And being off, the only way you can be truly authentic is by starting at the heart of your organization or business. And that's talking to your people. So if you're doing a campaign, if you're launching something, you know, talk to your people about it. What do they want to get from this campaign or what information do they want to know? And starting and building it from, from your people, building it up. There's a little thing that, you know, that I came across at my, my time with Selfridges and it was all about no feel and do. So mm. what do you want your people to know? What do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do with, with what you're talking about, what you're launching, et cetera? And I've always taken that through my career. Going back at Misguided, one of my most memorable moments was to launch values, to create a whole values proposition from scratch. And that was something that came purely from the people of Misguided. And we created this whole great cultural moment where we scrapped values and we had vibes because that was the atmosphere mm. that we wanted to create across the business. When we were it was all about, well, it's really good vibes here at Misguided. So we had the conversation, like, why are we calling them values? That doesn't fit what our people think the business is. think it's great vibes. So, yeah, we, we, we used our people to create something really, truly authentic at Misguided yes. with, our, with our company vibes. Now, I'm not saying that would fall into you know, play in another business or organization, but it definitely worked there at Misguided. And that's what I'm saying. It's about being authentic to your people, the culture, the brand. Authenticity yeah. I think is really important to keep people engaged and get your comms and engage and plan off the ground. Yeah. So I think this has changed a lot over the years. I think, you know, kind of many, many years ago, you went to work and you just worked and, mm. and it was all about work and you worked your nine to five and the culture wasn't it just happened, but people weren't so aware of that. And internal comms many years ago probably wasn't even really a thing. And it has changed a lot. And I think it's really good that it's changed. And I think the biggest thing that any company can do right now, if they want to retain their employees, is to give them a voice and that invite them to be part of the conversation on anything, whether it's, you know, kind of defining the, the strategy, uh, whether it's looking at well-being or ESG or, or anything, but to make sure that the employees have a voice and that they're coming on that journey and that they're co-creating the end result with them rather than just, you know, kind of being told this is, this is the way we're going to do it. And the employees feeling that whatever it is, is being done to them. But it, it's not just about giving them a voice. It's, making sure that you actively listen and then that you take swift action on what you're hearing even if you go back and say we've really listened to what you've had to say we can't do it right now or we it, it just doesn't fit with us but what we can do is this or we've listened to what you've said that's an amazing idea we're going to go and put it into place but it is that you know that kind of that feedback loop and making sure that employees feel that they have a voice and that they're contributing to the overall kind of direction, purpose and, and like output for the business. How do you go about making sure that you're putting a plan in place for people engagement that is authentic to the brand or that is aligned with the brand? Because the, the plan that you'd put in place in one company is going to be different in another company. Mm. But how do you get started with that to even make sure that you're doing the right thing for where you're at and the, the organisation that you're working in? 
Yeah, it's that, it's that key word, which I'm sure you'll hear many times, is stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So internal comms isn't just a department that works in silo. You know, we're part of a much pe- bigger people team, but it's involving people outside of your people team too. So working with brand, working with marketing, et cetera, and getting as much information from as many different stakeholders to help you on that journey. I think another top tip for internal comms professionals or people teams looking to create really engaging comms plans is to sometimes step back and take your people hat off and put your marketeering hat on. You think like an advertiser, I think like a marketer. All the effort that goes into promoting and selling your products and services to your customer or consumer as a people function or an engagement internal comms, put that much effort in your internal comms and your engagement plan. So think about creative communication. Think about user-generated content. Think about a social media campaign. Think about all the stuff you do to sell your latest dress or fragrance or technology device. How can you put that into your people plan, your engagement plan? Yeah. And that's something I've been really lucky to have a creative team around me in the people team that can think like that. And that's why I've had some really great results. Yeah. Um, but if, if you've got people, if we've got listeners today thinking, oh, I haven't got a creative bone in my body, which often you hear. Yeah. Exactly. There'll be someone in the organ, there'll be someone in the organization that has a creative bone in the body. So pull on those stakeholders to support you. And it depends on what they're trying to do. So whether you're launching values or, you know, kind of whether you're launching a new L&D initiative or even communicating strategy, all of those need totally different different tools or different ways of, of bringing those to life. But all of, all of it, and I think the advice for businesses is just give things a go. I think before you would have to have everything needed to be absolutely perfect and well thought mm. through and planned and it's all de- ready to be delivered. And I think nowadays you can try things and you shouldn't be afraid to fail if it doesn't work and you just hold your hands up and say, look, we've tried it. It hasn't worked. We'll try something else. And again, yeah. it's creating that culture of let's just try these things. And, and, and we know that some things are going to fail, but that's okay. And then measurement as well, you know, kind of what, as an agency or as a comms pro, whichever, whichever hat I've got on, you you need to be able to measure along the way, pivot if you need to, but also, you know, always show that what you're doing is having the right impact. Hey, 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 I am super excited because I have a handful of spots open for one-to-one coaching. I am looking to work with more of you who are highly ambitious, very driven, know where you want to get to, but are struggling to get there because you feel as though you're being overlooked and undervalued for the contribution that you're making. You know that you need to get more visible. You know that you need to show up more. You understand that creating a personal brand that is speaking for you when you're not in the room is important so that you can move towards your career goals but you don't quite know how to make it happen and for you I am extending the invitation to come and join me inside of Elevate. This is my one-to-one high-touch coaching program that is designed to help you to advance into your next role, secure your next client, position yourself for the opportunities that you want by being intentional with your personal brand, making sure that your digital footprint is tight. Yes, I mean, LinkedIn is looking good and attracting the right opportunities and making sure that you're able to show up with confidence and fully articulate the value that you're able to bring to your next opportunity. I am excited to dig deep 
come up with your personalized strategy and your plan and support you with the accountability and coaching that is required to help you to get there. So if this sounds good to you, if you know that you need some support with really taking your career to the next level, book a call with me and let's explore you joining the Elevate program. So head over to careerchangemakers.com forward slash call so that you can book a fitting call and then let's have a conversation about whether or not this program is a good fit for you. I look forward to speaking to you. Have you got any examples of like any initiatives or projects that you've particularly been involved in that were super impactful that went really well because I really want people to be able to see a use case really like how can how can we take this into our organization or suggest in our organization that we approach things in this way and so it'd be good to kind of hear an example if you have one I'd say well-being is it's a buzzword in the HR community right now but it's a buzzword because it's really important Mm. And I think well-being is one of those areas that businesses, you know, if they have got a few quid extra to spare, that is something that they can invest in. And um, one of the initiatives that really shines out is one at Misguided, where, again, we were known as a team and a function of people team for doing things a bit different and always speaking to people to find out what they wanted. And when we launched the, um, the well-being initiative there, we called it the Health and Happiness Programme. And the focus wasn't necessarily on just traditional well-being support, but also thinking out what we could do holistically and thinking outside of the box, what are people, what support they could use. And by speaking to people and having a holistic hat on, we got some really out there well-being support initiatives mm. brought in. So we had like group life coach sessions and um, that people could dial into. We had meditation sessions. I think at one point we even had an online crystal healing session. I mean, we were doing things that were quite out there, but this is because our people told us that it interested them and we wanted to do that. So that was an initiative that worked to support well-being, which Mm -hmm. obviously supports engagement. Yeah. River Island, I've mentioned values a couple of times on this call, I think. And we've just, like I said, launched the the values at at River Island, the kind of updated version. A big thing that's worked for us is really using our islanders to bring that campaign to life. Okay. So what we didn't want was when people walk into the stores or in the office, they see a poster on the wall. These are our new values. Off you pop, here you go. This is how we'll live and breathe and behave. What we wanted to do was we wanted to get Islanders to talk about what these values meant to them, what it means to their role, how they live them, how it impacts the customer, tell their stories. Um, So user-generated content, as, as it's often known as. But we wanted to do it in a really candid way. So we created this concept called Values Cam where we go out to store with our little boom mic and we interview mm-hmm. people on the shop floor. You tell us what this means to you, live in this value. But obviously we've got hundreds of stores. Right. There's only one internal comms team. <laughs> so people submit their own content to us. So okay. we, people were sharing like, one of our values is love what we do. So people were talking about what love what, they do, what love what we do means to them in their store or their department. Or every island accounts is one of our values and people were saying what that means to them working in store or their department. We had lots and lots of great content and people just sharing stories about what that means to them in their role. Yeah. So less corporate, more personality was added into it. So yeah. user-generated content has been something that's really helped. I think the first one, and this really probably was what was the hook for me to jump over the fence from marketing into internal comms was if you think back to what, what I said earlier about the um, the marketing director that had said um, internal comms is just uh, marketing to a different audience and mm. that project with that company uh, they were moving all of their staff from being spread over three 
different offices. It was way before COVID, so everybody worked in the office every day. They were old, tired, you know, kind of uninspiring offices, and and they were building a brand new building. And I was brought on for the wonderful project of doing all of the comms and engagement mm. to the employees on that journey. And it was so much fun because kind of I was a brand new building, which was a lovely, lovely building. And I was just bringing the employees on the journey. So I got them involved in choosing the furniture or, you know, kind of choosing, choosing the colour schemes for each floor and mm. all that good, fun stuff. But the, the main thing for me was all the time that, that we were kind of building the building and kitting it out and so on I would go and see the employees in the existing office space they were working in and they were struggling like you know there was very much a meeting-led culture there were not enough meeting rooms there was no other places for people to have informal chats or whatever and then when you saw them and so they you know they were moody they were uptight you know like it was friction they they couldn't do their job so easily And then you saw them move into this gorgeous new building that had been designed with loads of meeting space, not just meeting rooms, but, you know, soft seating and sofas and a gorgeous restaurant and a coffee shop. And and like I just remember looking over like the big atrium and seeing all these little pockets of people just sat on sofas and chatting. And there was a buzz and you could just see the culture had transformed by giving them a new environment. It just sticks with me. It was so fascinating. And then from there, I actually went on and worked for four and a half years as a consultant to an office-based design company and all of the psychology of the workplace and the physical environment. Just I wrote their blogs for them for four and a half years and I found it so fascinating. So I think that's one where, you know, you could see the impact of the physical environment um, has on the culture and the ways of working for, for your workforce. So I think that's really important. And then similarly, with launching of some new values. So with the same company, at the same time, we, we launched new values. But I really loved the way we went about that. And I was at a conference yesterday and there was chat about how to do these things and how not to. And mm-hmm. again, it's all about co-creation. And so what this company did, it was gorgeous and sunny like it is today. It was in the summertime. And they, they had this big red sofa and they had it in the gardens of their office space. And um, they just got everyone to come and do what we're doing, just sit and chat and talk about what it was like working at that organisation. And they got hours and hours and hours of interviews and then they distilled it all down and then they found out what it was really like working in, in the business. Yeah. And then they turned that into the values. So it's based on feedback. It wasn't just how the leaders in the business kind of in their ivory tower, which they weren't in this business at all, but kind of coming up with what they thought the value should be. They were based on what they really were. And then we had this huge campaign and I was part of it of rolling out the values, but we embedded them in every single thing that the business did. So Mm -hmm. in the PDRs, in the reward and recognition schemes, in the learning and development, in the onboarding, just throughout the whole business, they, they were just kind of embedded and and the the foundations for everything that then came beyond it so again that sits with me because it wasn't just paying lip service to the values of the business and yeah I just was really pleased with the approach that that the business took and proud to be a part of that project too. So when you think about in we're in 2023 there's a lot of movement there's a lot of change there's a lot going on in the world of work And some companies are doing better than others in terms of how they're supporting their teams. What would you say are some small wins? So if if you are like a leader within an organization, you're saying, you know, we've got to do something about our culture, our values, our people. 
where would you say is the best place to start? Like what are some small things, small wins that companies could reach for? Yeah, I'd say the first thing is have like an honest, open communication across the business. So it's difficult times, not only for trade for lots of different sectors, but also for people's personal lives too, with the cost of living crisis we Mm. keep hearing every time we switch the news on. So what I'd suggest is have those honest, open conversations. How can we support you? What is it that we can do? What's difficult is there's a lot of comparisons between businesses. This business is doing this. We should yes. do this. But businesses may be at different stages of the financial successes or right. people might be trading differently. Not everyone can cookie cutter what happens in one business and bring it into their own. So I'm sure there are quick wins every business can make. But they're only going to know these if they speak to the people and find out what there are, yeah. what they are, what could help and support. You're really going to know what your quick wins are by speaking to people. And I'm a huge advocate of that. Start at the heart of the business. Speak to people. Get a listening group together. Start a community of people that want to get involved with engagement, whether that's ambassador community or champions, etc. Throw a quick survey out there, but only do a survey if you're going to listen to the feedback. Yes. You're going to do an action plan on the feedback. If you're going to do a survey and it's going to live in the drawer, don't waste anyone's time on it because it's actually more detrimental to doing that. I love the point that you just made there around every company being different and not having a cookie cookie cutter approach because it can be easy to do that, right? And think, oh, that's working for them. So we should do that. But like that piece around your people and understanding what they need is super, super important. And I think if people take the time there, redirect the time that they would be spending comparing with others and pay attention to what's going on in their organization, that's going to go a long way. Yeah, and I think LinkedIn's great to be inspired by what other organisations and businesses are doing, but it can also be, oh, they're doing this, we should do this. And then you see a whole trend of people just as I, you know, when you have like doing it for the gram, you hear, like I have this whole thing, like you're doing it for LinkedIn. Like, (laughs) is that really seriously part of your culture? If Mm. I walked into one of your stores or one of your offices, would I experience that? Or is it just purely set up for branding purposes? I mean... I'm a big believer in inspiring others. And I was very, very, you know, I was very out there at Misguided on LinkedIn, sharing the great stuff that we do. And it and the purpose for doing that for me was to inspire other businesses yes. that you could do something similar. This might, you know, like the happiness wheel that we had where you could spin it and win a prize. I helped a lot of people order one of those wheels for their own businesses. <laughs> you know, I shared that contact far and wide for that wheel. Um, but you're exactly right. One size doesn't fit all. So yeah, speak to your people, really. Yeah. I've talked to you about kind of my fascination with the workplace, the physical environment. And we're now very much still getting to grips with hybrid working. I feel still that the pendulum is swinging and it's not settled on kind of its its nice kind of happy spot yet. And in the press in the last few weeks, at least, how many companies have really kind of started to put their foot down and force company, um, individuals back to, to the workplace? For me personally, I think it's the wrong thing to do. Obviously, every company's got their own reasons for why they're doing it. But my advice to them would be to give the people a voice, ask Mm. them how they want to work, but not that they should just get what they want, but, you know, kind of, um, but to, to have it as a conversation. So how do you want to work? How would that work for your team? How would that work for us as a business? And then like co-create what hybrid working should look like for for that you know specific company and then I think we just need to think a bit more creatively about 
the reasons for going into the office and there are many like mm. I, I think we all need to work together we need to physically be together we need to bounce off each other but not in the way that we used to do it I don't think we'll ever go back to the way we used to work so we need to create reasons to go in and that could be you know collaboration kind of brainstorming and, and kind of co-creation of the future strategies for your area your, your team or, or whatever but also just to socialize and see each other so I do think some companies rather than just you know kind of slapping people's wrists and saying you should be back in the office they should put a bit more thought into why give yeah. people a voice and then create the right environment for that to work so I was talking to somebody uh, one of my my friends the other day and she was saying that where she's working they're going to redesign the office space present that to everybody that you know you've got a brand new nice new office space and by the way you've got to come into the office three days a week <laughs> and I was like, it's so much better to flip that on its head talk to people about why they would come into the office what would your ideal office space be like for them to be in there then create the office space that's going to draw them in yeah um, so that's a huge fascination for me but also an area that I think there's so much opportunity for companies to do it right and to do it in partnership with their employees to get the best out of their investment in in their in their bricks and mortar. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Employee engagement is a hot topic right now and rightly so. I hope that hearing insights from different people with different backgrounds who have been in this space for a while is helpful to you and that you can take the nuggets and the insights that you gained from this episode and really think about how you can shape a more engaging environment where you are or how you can go out and seek one that is very much aligned to your values and how you want to work. All right, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back very, very soon. Until next time, keep moving towards your career goals. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, then I want to remind you that caring is sharing. Share this episode out with somebody else and head over to your podcast app to leave us a rating and review. For every rating and review that you leave, it helps us reach more people. It helps more people find the show. So I'd appreciate it if you go and do that right now. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss any future episodes. Also, I would love to know what your biggest takeaway has been from today's episode. Come over and join us in our Career Changemakers community over on LinkedIn so that you can join the conversation there. 